Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin and Sleepa, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're going to be asking the question, was it a busted mailer or is it just a busted economy? Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Plum Investment Group. Guys, do you have a property that you need funding for? Plum Investment Group is your solution. Plum helps land investors grow their business by funding your raw land purchase. It's truly an awesome deal, guys, and just to be clear, this isn't a loan. Plum will actually partner with you by putting up the money for your project. So do yourself a favor. Go check them out. The website is pluminvestmentgroup.com. It was so quick. Pluminvestmentgroup.com. I like it. Yeah, I like it. What's any different than how I normally say it? I know. It just sounded like it was a really short email or a short website. And typically you type it out. It takes a little bit longer than your normal websites. Hmm. Just for me. But thank God it's Monday or whatever day of the week we're listening to this. Yeah. It's a a good day for this. Why? (laughs) I just had one of those parent moments today. Okay. Okay. So besides the cracking and popping when we wake up and get out of bed. That's an yeah, old person. That's an old person yeah. thing. Or my new elastic shorts I have found, banded <laughs> shorts I have found to be so comforting. So ages ago when we were young, we would burn CDs, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. I have a binder full of those CDs still left. Mm-hmm. I couldn't Justin's t- hip-hop mix. Exactly. Some, summer yeah. 2015. Yeah, yeah. What, it was summer <laughs> like 2005. Because I remember one night, me and you burned a playlist. And I one of my playlists is like Adam's playlist. That you made, I just made two copies of it, and I, that's what I named the track. So my daughter, she finds this binder full of CDs, these cool, she calls them DVDs. So Jessica had an old boombox that played nursery rhymes for them when they were young. So instead of watching TV, she turned on nursery rhymes, and they'd play with their cars around the house, ABCs, whatever. Well, Jordan has found these CDs, and we've let her have them and let her have it in her room. So at night, she tries to sneak in there and turn it on. She doesn't know we have a camera in there. We can hear what she's doing seeing them. So Jessica says, hey, y'all can't watch TV this morning. You need to play with your brother because she was going to mow and I was doing some consulting calls. Well, we're in there eating breakfast, getting ready. Jordan go gets her boombox and brings it in there because she wants us to hear her favorite songs right now. First song comes on and I'm hearing the beat and I'm like, yeah, this is a good song. Jessica's turned it off. And I'm like, no, it's a good song. <laughs> and then the chorus goes like this. You crazy bitch. Fuck so good. I'm on top oh, yeah. of it. Remember that song? <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like. Oh my God. <laughs> and Jordan was dancing and having a good time. And Jessica was like, turn it off. Not appropriate. Not appropriate. <laughs> so Jessica goes and turns it off, puts it on the next song. Not an appropriate song either. So she puts it on third. So Jessica goes song by song through the CD. She goes, you can't listen to one and two. And she's like, two is my favorite mom. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm like, God, these moments as a parent that, you know, you hear stories like, but when you live it, like I'm dancing to the first song and it comes on and all of a sudden, and Jessica's like, no, you don't know this. I'm like, I don't remember the chorus song. I remember every word of the chorus. And when it goes into the chorus, I'm like, yeah, yo, oh no, wrong song, wrong song. Uh, that's funny. I have a really distinct memory to that song from a party I was at in Missouri when that song was really popular. Uh-huh. One of my friends was dancing with another one of my friend's mom. Yeah. And that song came on and he was lip singing that song. To my buddy's mom. Okay. And my buddy was just sitting on the edge of the dance floor, just arms crossed, staring. I'm like, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> is this? No, I do not. I hate this. I do not like this. <laughs> Stifler's mom. She's got it going. No, no. The, uh, you're a crazy bitch. Yeah, I know what song. I know, yeah, I know that. I know that. But yeah. I'm singing because yeah. your friend's dancing with his friend's mom. So yeah. it's like Miss Robinson all going on. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. But Jordan hears the words, but probably has no idea what they 
Oh, are no. Armenian. Oh, no. They know they're bad words. Oh, they do? Yeah. yeah okay. So, like, when we get to the races sometimes, I let them pick radio stations or they'll have a couple songs that went up. Their favorite bad word right now is shut up. And so they're like, Dad, can we hear that shut up and dance song? Because if it's in a song, we'll let them sing it. But so they're like, uh, shut up and dance with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah, that, yeah. that's like their kid. But they listen to the kid bops version of it. And so that's like they're saying a bad word. They're living the edge. And mm. I, I read an internet study that said that it's actually not a bad thing to teach kids curse words and swear words early because it's not as taboo later. And I, we all know that the show is not... It's explicit because I, I don't hold my tongue. I don't cuss a lot, but it doesn't when I'm passionate about something or I'm talking towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want my kids to understand when is appropriate and when is not, but not be as scared of a word. Yeah, makes sense, I guess. I remember it being taboo, like very taboo. And I remember yeah. it's a big deal to say your first cuss word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your parents probably beat the crap out of you the first time you said a cuss word around them. I could, nah, I know. That's probably, I knew not to cuss. My parents don't, they don't cuss. And yeah. It's not like they are just angel people. That's just yeah. not something just, they do. And yeah. right. And I probably didn't say a curse word just out of respect, I guess, or just not because it's not what they did. Right. Yeah. Until I was a full grown adult, you know, maybe two, three years ago. And I'm just out cussing out everybody <laughs> now. I'm just gone wild. Adam gone wild. Yeah. Well, that's funny. And so today's topic, you know, is it busted language or busted mailer, or busted economy? And that's the, the fun thing here is how do we make that transition out of dad life to real world of work? And uh, man, I have said this over and over, and I've, I've had a couple people asking, you know, they're scared to send mail because they don't know, is it is there too many people mailing? Is it not enough mail? What's going on? And Adam, I, I feel like I've said it over and over and over and over, and I just can't get the point across. Try again. So it's taking more touches. I, I don't want to say the economy's broke, but we're going to see a ripple. And with the stimulus packages out there, I mean, we did the math earlier. The 600 extra bucks a week is like adding a $30,000 a year job to, to people that are unemployed. Well, that would be a tax-free job. Yeah. Right. On top of the unemployment they're getting. 6, 12, 18, 2,400 would be $30,000, basically 31,000. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the math works out to. But didn't, did they re-up that? Because I thought it ended. It, it definitely ended July th- 31st, unless they re-up they're, it. They're, the legislation's back up to re-up it, and people are saying, oh, I can't live without this. Well, how were you living before? Because the people I know that made sub $65,000, they are making more money unemployed than they are going back to work. And as they are furloughed and they're getting called back, they don't want to go back because they're going to take a pay cut. Yeah. Yeah. So the question, so that brings up the point that it takes more touches because people don't need to sell land because they have extra and they have unemployment plus the extra benefits that they're making more money than they ever had. So it, they may not have to sell the land, right? Yeah. So exactly right. So the opportunity, we're shopping for an opportunity. If you believe that you're just... People just want to give you their land. It's not because they want to give it to you. We're looking for an opportunity to buy, and that's what the letter does. There's no way around that. There's no sugarcoating, and I'm sorry. You're not this investor that's got something to do. No, you're shopping an opportunity that somebody either needs the cash or just wants to offload it, and you're the quick, easy way to do it. And with the extra stimulus money, with the ability not to have to, you can defer your car payment, you can defer your rent, your mortgages, People aren't in a situation right now where they have to sell and they're not going to be until all of it's gone and they look at your letter that's sitting there and they go, you know what? There's $8,000 for that piece of property we have out there. Let me cash it in now because I need it for Christmas. And I'm putting it on the airways that I I think that we're going to see a a huge onslaught of people that have mail out the first half of the year. The second half of the year, you're about to get hammered with deals coming in. I'm frankly, I'm nervous about it. Yeah, listening to you talk, it sounds super bleak. I don't want it to make it sound, 
I don't want it to come across as there's no deals out there. Oh, no. It's just taking a little bit more. So I was telling you that you knew this earlier, right? I used to tell people, send 1,000 to 2,000 mailers because out of personal experience, right? Send 1,000 to 2,000 mailers. You can buy one to seven properties. Mm-hmm. Now I'm saying send one to 3,000, 4,000 letters. You're going to buy zero to four. Yeah. Right? And and I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah. I mean, in your experience with your people. So with, with the consulting clients that we've worked on, I've had 20 in the last, say, six weeks that have all sent mail. Out of that 20 people, 17 have put deals into contract and escrow. There has been three that have not. Only one of those guys has sent over 1,500 pieces of mail. And he's his mail is still hitting right now. I'd say he hasn't hit 100% yet of mail delivered and hasn't had a week or two to kind of marinate. So you're exactly right. I've seen this week alone 15 deals come across Plum's desk from seven different investors. So I know there's seven guys that are outside of the people I'm talking about that have gotten deals as well that have brought them in. And they're all getting them with direct mail. Yeah. I want to rewind just half a second there. Okay. Out of 20 consulting clients, mm-hmm. 17 have put deals, deals, under- deals in contract and are in escrow with them. Right. But of that 17, how many of them have sent over 1,500 mailers? Oh, all of them have sent, except for the, the two people that have not. The, there's two of the three that that did not get mail, have not sent over 1,500 pieces of mail. Everybody else sends, you know, Oh, who three. did not get a deal, have yep. not sent over Yeah, one of them gotcha. has sent 700. The other one sent 900 pieces of mail. Gotcha. So. That seems pretty fair. I mean, we've always recommended send over 1,000 anyway. Yeah. And I have one guy that he's he's done the work and he's put into it, but it hasn't, he's got a few deals back, just nothing that we've put into escrow yet. And that's, that's the thing about what we do. We have never sugarcoated the fact that there is a little bit of opportunity and a little bit of luck in this. Like, are you the person that's right there providing that opportunity for the person? And did you mail over that person or get them just at the right time? Like you've talked about the credit card analogy a lot. Yeah. You know, this, we can provide and get you there, but there is a piece to this that you have to understand. It's, am I willing to risk it for the biscuit? Yeah. I don't know exactly how you feel about this, but I do feel a lot has to do with the market value of the land that you're sending to, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously I think the higher the more options the seller has, it obviously takes a whole lot more mail. Yeah. We're not necessarily mailing these hundred dollar an acre properties so much anymore. No. Right. Very little. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know, does it t- how much more mail it's taking to get those, but I would assume those are the people who are getting the extra 600 bucks a week. So it may take a little bit more to get those too. Yeah. That's, and that's a, that's a good point. I don't know exactly where they fall on a spectrum. I'm trying to go back in my mind and think of the people I've bought property from. And are they getting that extra money or not? And I, you know, it's, it's all over the board, but what you do see is, and this is just, it seems counterintuitive to what a lot of people believe is like, Oh, we've got 30 million unemployed. Everybody's got to sell. It's a seller. It's going to be a buyer's market because everybody's sell. And it's not, I believe this. And I believe it so much that I haven't stopped sending mail. I'm still sending mail and I'm prepared for this wave to come in. But I believe that people are looking at it and saying, Hey, my cost of living monthly is down. Because I don't have to pay rent, so fifteen hundred bucks a month. I don't have to make my truck payment; it's five hundred bucks a month. So I've got two thousand dollars less coming out, and the government's giving me twenty four hundred bucks more. I'm living La Vida Loca right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have a buddy that did that. He makes sixty five thousand dollars a year. He was making twelve hundred dollars more a month, being at home furloughed. Oh. Do you think he went on vacation? He went on five vacations. <laughs> yeah, and not so much him, but there's gonna be plenty of people who get used to that extra money and they build mm-hmm. up their lifestyle and then all of a sudden that's gone. Yeah. And now they're going to be looking for money real quick. Well, yeah. When it all comes to end, say, call it November, call it the election day. And I'm not saying that to be cliche, you know, whatever, 
call it the election day and just give it that time period. Come beginning of December, these guys that have your letters sitting on their desk, that's a savings account for them. Oh, well, this is my Christmas one. Let me call this guy and see if he still wants to buy it. People definitely hang on to those things. We get calls all the time from people who got the letter a year, two years, three yeah, years ago. I agree with that. And that, to me, they've just they've just solidified an extra bit of cash for them a little bit later. Yeah. This is off topic, definitely, but you just reminded me with election in November. Mm-hmm. It's already almost middle of August, right? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we have had like debates and all that stuff going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I mean, it, it just popped in my head the other day. I was like, we are so close to electing a new or elect, yeah, re-electing. We're, just, we're, just we're so close to re-electing a president. A presidential but. election. There should have been some conversation between them now. Yeah, but nope. Interesting. Okay, I don't want to go down that political road. But. No, you don't have to. There's there's been some write-ups in the New York Times, so it's it's public. You know that they believe like some party members are trying to make the case that it's not legally required to have a debate. Oh, I mean, okay, I'm a, it I, doesn't matter to me. I I the one thing I find funny. And I saw this today, and we'll get off the political thing. Was the it was the three hardest jobs in America right now? Number one, police officer. Mm-hmm. Number two, Alaskan crab fisherman. Okay. Number three, Joe Biden's sign language interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, as somebody that's one of our, one of you as well, friends growing up, Bubba has a his brother. So we we're familiar with sign language and things like that, uh, just from being around Mikey our whole life and his mom, and we have several friends that are sign language interpreters. I want to get their opinion on it because I watch the videos. Like if you watch it, you'll see some of these videos where they'll scroll into her and the lady goes, she'll like give you two letters and stop and she'll sit there and wait. And then he'll be mumbling something and she's like, going, and then she'll wait till he says like a half a sentence and then she'll start and she'll have to stop again because he can't, doesn't know where to go with it. And I'm like, man, this is the most hilarious thing. Like I'd want to read the transcript. Mm, wow. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, yeah, that's hilarious. We won't go any further down yeah. that, right? But anyway, um, yeah, this is an interesting question, right? Because there's definitely still a lot of opportunity out there. Agreed. But you, I just don't think it, it's not as easy as it was. I mean, I, I have put out mailers. So I'm just say this real quick. I put out mailers in counties that I knew were extremely heavily worked. And I sent, I remember specifically, I sent 1,800 letters and I bought more properties than I, than I had, you know, more, had more good quality properties come back to money I had to spend. Yep. And I just don't know if it's like that right now, but I think I get that same result by sending 2,800 or 3,000, maybe 4,000 letters. Yeah. And you're still making such a big spread. You gotta make all that money back. So who really, who really cares? Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I, my caveat to that would be a lot of people follow what the herd is doing. So they're listening to who's selling what and what counties, and then they're going to mail that County right after them you're not helping yourself because it's going to take more touches because they've just been flooded with a couple letters. And I, I've had a few calls back in a couple States where they're like, yeah, man, what's going on this? You're like the fourth letter in, in the last two months, what's going on in this area. And I'm like, oh man, this is what we do. This, you know, so there's some people out sending mail. They're working that part of the country right now. I mean, for the longest time, people did not work East of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. They just didn't do it. And now people are starting to expand to that area. And it's, you know, you're, you say, Oh, well, I hear people are doing really well in Tennessee because that's what they said on this podcast. And then so you go look at Tennessee and you look at the exact same county parameters that everybody else that just heard that exact same podcast or their teacher taught. And then you go out and you, you mail it or, you know, you say, hey, they're, you know, the secret county list and you're walking through that. There's people still getting deals, though. Yeah. Well, it's my favorite analogy, the credit card analogy. Yeah. Right. That's why Costilla County can still be worked. Yep. I mean, I say this all the time to every new person I talk to. I don't. I do know why, but it just seems so odd that 
so many freaking investors are working, especially new ones. All right, I work in Costilla County, but people are still buying deals. They're still making money, right? It's just mm-hmm. set a credit card. The seller doesn't need your offer one day, so they throw it in the trash. The next day, they get another offer. They don't need it. Throw it in the trash. Third week, transmission goes out. They need money, so they take your offer, mm-hmm. right? And it's just how it works. I will say, I'm going to say this, and typically we don't get too, too in the weeds on stuff like this, but I know of properties this week that have been put in escrow in New Hampshire, New York, Georgia, Tennessee, Missouri, Texas, Oklahoma, Arizona, Michigan, and Washington. That's this week. I'm not giving you the counties. That's just this week on land. Mm. So you can't tell me there's not deals being had. That's where I feel that that little piece of luck gets in there. Well, the point is don't give up mail. Keep mailing and People are going to hang on those letters. If they don't sell it now, they'll, they'll probably be getting a, a call soon enough. Hey, I put it out there in the airways. You can go back and check me come November. Give me December 31st, and we'll let we'll talk about how November and December went for you. Oh, speaking of that, this is real quick, then we're going to end this. But I remember when COVID first hit, we are both ticked off, and I, I put out on the air, you know the United States, we're such ADD. COVID will be over by Monday, and it was Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was March, April, May, June, six months ago. Yeah, we're still dealing with it. Yeah. It's interesting. But- you know, that's part of being an entrepreneur is being willing to make a stance and working through the problem. Like, so if I say, hey, this is what I believe, and you're flexible on how you get there, and we're still here. All right, guys, that's it for today. It's Monday. It's a solid day. We hope you have a great day, too. As always, do us a favor. Go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. And then go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you Wednesday. See you guys.